What's going on, everybody? We are back with another video update here on the Happy Astronaut Show. If you don't know already, my name is John. I am the founder of a small startup, very small at the moment, called Fideo. And Fideo, and again, if you don't know, it is a plat marketplace, rather, for workout programs. So trainers can go on, they can build programs, they can sell them in the marketplace, and you can go on there and you can buy them. Now, the beauty of Video is just like this app Colin that we're on, is creators can also be consumers, right? I can go on, I can create, I can consume all on the same platform. All the functionality is still there for everybody, unlike these other fitness apps where certain people are trainers, certain people are athletes, and that's the separation. So what I've been doing each week is I've been doing these updates. Uh, this is the third one, I want to say, um, at this point. And what I'm trying to do is, really, this is, mostly for me to look back upon and reflect on the journey of building a startup. I think very few startup founders do a you know a thorough weekly update like this, especially publishing it online in public. So I thought it'd be a cool way of documenting the journey, um, especially because when I was creating this startup, there were very few places I could go to see content from individuals that was like a week to week, hey, this is what it's like to have your to create your MVP and to put it out in the hands of users and to finally get it on the app store. And I thought it'd just be cool to talk about all that. So what I've been doing is with these updates is I speak about what we've been up to for the past week, because these are weekly updates. I speak about how we have failed um, over the past week, what we learned from those failures, and then what we're coming up to next. So we'll speak about what happened the past week. And in the last update, I spoke about how we had some pretty major bugs in the system and we decided that our users are not our quality assurance department. So users are not our QA department. We need to be making sure things are stable before people get their hands on them because people are just going to not like you. If you put out a product that has a whole bunch of bugs, has pages that don't work, I think there are people out there. I put up a poll on Twitter and asked that question. I was like, you know, what do you think is the right first step for a company? Do you put out a really buggy first version of the app or do you put out a minimalist version of the app that's stable or do you put out like a full-fledged, full-featured app? Obviously, nobody chose the third version because that's definitely not what you should do. But a lot of people chose, it was the majority actually chose um, to put out a buggy, you know, minimalist-featured app. I think that is not the best approach, and we'll see how it turns out in the in the medium, the short to medium term here. Um, but I just think once people see things that are broken, they immediately lose faith in you, right? If I jumped onto this app Colin, where of course they had like their private beta, they probably did it through test flight. Um, but when I jumped on this app Colin, you know, there's been a couple of little bugs, but nothing major. Um, and if there were a whole bunch of bugs, I, I wouldn't use it for this show, right? I can create an RSS feed myself. I wouldn't use this app, especially if it's going to take time away from me. And that's not what we want to do. We don't want to make things more inconvenient for the users. The whole point of building products is to make life easier for consumers. So what we've been doing the past week is we've been just fixing bugs and stabilizing core features at the moment. And what those core features are are building workout programs. So this workout program building tool that we have is is pretty thorough. It's pretty in-depth, and it's fairly complicated. There's a lot of like little nuanced things 
that every time I go and I create a program and I go to edit the program or add new stuff to it or delete stuff, I'm always seeing more and more pieces of it that we didn't think out thoroughly. Um, there's just a lot to it when we put in exercises into a program and we order those exercises in a certain way. When we take a whole bunch of exercises, group them into a circuit or a superset, things get complicated. So we've really had to nail that down. And it's been me building up a whole bunch of programs just in order to break the thing as best as I can. And we've been doing a good job. We've really gotten it stable at this point. Again, this episode is called Into the Hands of Users. So we did push out a version into the hands of users yesterday. So now I'll speak to that in a moment. Um, the other thing we've been doing um, is making sure when you send a program to a person, that all works out well. We were definitely having some bugs just like sending and assigning programs to people. So we had to make sure that all works well. We, we actually changed the entire flow for that, which made it super easy for the users. It was really complex before, but now it's a lot easier. We had to stabilize the actually doing a workout feature. So I was going this past week, um, doing a few of the workouts myself and just trying to pick out where the little bugs are. Um, so we had to stabilize that. Obviously, that's a very important feature. If you can't do workouts on a workout app, um, there's an issue. And then the other thing we had to stabilize was inputting information to the dashboard. So you have an athlete dashboard where you can put in some metrics like body weight, calories, all that fun stuff. You can write some notes. Um, you can use progress images, right? You can upload pictures to, you know, check out your physique or, you know, anything you want to observe. And we just had to stabilize some of that because some of that was a little bit broken at the time. Um, the next thing we've been doing is we've been creating content for the platform itself. So this whole past week, I've created eight or nine training programs. Um, still have three more to build. I actually just finished up finalizing all the edits to the programs that I was building. And that's been super time consuming. Um, you know, it is really easy to build programs on video, but that doesn't mean that building workout programs is ever going to be not time consuming. Even when you have the entire backlog of exercises created like I do, uh, it's still a time consuming process. There's really no getting around that for anybody. But I've been doing that the whole week. And these programs I'm going to take and I'm going to send them to our initial users um, for free so that we can get people on there feeling out the platform, seeing what they like about it, seeing what they don't um, and giving them as much value as we can. But also these programs are going to be the initial programs that go onto the marketplace. So we need some content for that as well. Of course, we don't want to be content creators and curators on our platforms. Rather, we do want to be curators, but we don't want to be creators. Um, so that is something we don't really care too much about is me building programs, but we did need at least a little bit of content to show value to others. The other thing I've been doing is I've been creating some exercises, like literally going to the gym, taking out the tripod, filming myself doing stuff and having people look at me awkwardly. It's always a process like that for whatever reason. When you go to the gym and you like film yourself doing workouts in 2021, still like the weirdest thing for people. And I don't understand. I mean, I guess it maybe it's a little weirder because I have like a tripod. Maybe if I had like a friend filming me, it'd be different. But yeah, people still stare at you. Um, it's it's weird. But it's 2021 and Instagram exists and fitness influencers exist. I guess it's still not the norm. So I guess it's still weird for people. But get over it, everybody. Come on now. We all have cameras in our pockets. And then the other thing I've been doing is I'll be creating how-to videos. Now, these videos came out pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy with the quality 
of the how-to videos that I created and, you know, just puffing up my chest a little bit. If you want to check those out, go to YouTube, go to Fiteo, F-I-T-T-E-O, and then go to the how-to playlist and you can check out some of the videos, check out how to use the app, see all the fun features that we have. There's four videos at the moment. I'll create a couple more, uh, but really like the most important things like how to create programs and how to do workouts. I, I explain how to do all that sort of fun stuff. But we haven't been adding many features this past week. So it's been way more focused on stabilizing the things that are important, which is building programs, getting them to people, and then doing the workouts. So we haven't really been focused on adding features because we really wanted to get a little release out this week on test flight. So that's what we've been focused on. So the features that are left, we still have to create the um, uploading exercises to community exercise. So we're going to have a database where anybody can go on they can create exercises, and then they can put those exercises in a list for everybody to use to build exercise or build programs with, rather. So this is going to be super useful for people who don't have a massive YouTube library like I do. They can just go and pull exercises from the community exercise database to build programs with and then sell those programs on the marketplace. So it really opens up the creators to way more content to be able to pull from, right? It's like having Adobe stock so that you can use stock images in your Photoshop work. And then um, we still need to be able to upload programs to the marketplace. So we'll be able to get some programs into the marketplace without the uploading feature. But if we want our users to independently upload themselves, there's still some stuff we have to do there on the back end to make that all happen. And that means we have to have an admin panel so that when people upload them, upload these programs to the marketplace, we can review these programs and then... Uh, send them off to the marketplace if they're high-quality programs. So we don't want junk on there. Like I said, we don't want to be content creators, but we're not like Facebook and Twitter that really shouldn't be curators either, right? They shouldn't be a publishing house. They should just be a platform for free speech. At least that's my opinion. Um, But we do want to be curators because we're building a marketplace in which we want high-quality stuff to be on that platform. When we move into live stream, which is a longer-term goal that we have. We'll probably back off the curation piece for the live stream. But for the marketplace, we'll still be curators because we want high-quality stuff on there, right? Amazon, now Amazon allows a lot of things to be on their platform, but they do a little bit of vetting to make sure that their their, um, marketeers are not selling absolute garbage or just selling products that don't exist at all. We need to create a system for analytics for our users when they sell programs. Um, again, this is something we need before the App Store launch, but it's not you know a number one priority at the moment. And then we need to optimize for iPad because we still you know it still kind of looks just like a blown up version of your iPhone on the platform. So this is the this is the more fun stuff. How have we failed? Right, this is something you should always evaluate week to week. Hey, where did we screw up, um, and then how can we fix that? And then what did we take away from that, and wh- how are we going to implement those takeaways? So the one thing that we failed about with is um, we implemented a lot of bug fixes that cause other features to get messed up. Now, this is super common when you build software, right? That's why you do regression testing. But it, it was really unfortunate. And what we learned from it is we need to do more regression testing. And I'll speak to that in a moment. But when I had, when I was building these training programs, we had bug bugs in there that would cause some of the data to get deleted from the programs that I was creating. So I'd spend, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours building a program and then it would get deleted or one of the circuits would get messed up and I'd have to dig through the whole thing and figure out how to 
um, solve the problem and then make sure we knew what the bug fix was to go and fix that bug. So it was just kind of a, a pain. But we cleared up a lot of that. And then I went on and I was trying to fix my email because my email keeps going to spam. And I screwed with some of the DNS records. And we had to push the launch back a day because I accidentally screwed with the name servers in such a way for our domain that none of the services for the app worked. <laughs> so all the <laughs> so we were going to launch on Sunday night. And I was trying to make sure I could send out the email to people about, hey, like, you know, we're up. Here's your invite code. And I went out and screwed up the name servers. So all of our services were offline. And I went to go like create a, a new account just to test the sign-in flow. And I couldn't sign in. And I was like, oh my God, the sign-in's broken. What the hell? And then the next morning, I go through and realize, you know, my developer texts me. He's like, hey, the, the website's down. I was like, oh no, this was not a sign-in issue. This was just a John uh, messing with technology that he shouldn't be messing with issue. So that was another thing I messed up on. And we'll speak to how I, you know, sort of learned and grew from that silly moment. One of the things we had to learn this past week is we're not really creating an MVP. And Siobhan, our developer, made this point, is that an MVP is a prototype to display features, prove interest, and gain initial traction. Well, we've already done that. I've already done that. So I had a wireframe on XD that I've showed to a whole bunch of people, and I was able to get our initial list of trainers that we're going to have on the platform building programs. So that's what you want, right? You want your first five or 10 users to be like, hey, I really want to use this thing. When is it going to be you know, a full-fledged product? Um, that's what you're looking for out of an MVP. At least that's my opinion at the moment. Maybe it changes over time. But once you're into the process of developing and spending weeks and weeks and months and months developing a product, you're no longer creating an MVP. An MVP should be created in a weekend or um, you know, a couple of weeks Really, if I could go back and do it all over again, you know, I would have learned how to use XD initially like I, like I have over the course of the past few months. And I would have created the prototype myself. And in a few weeks, I could have had something I'd show to people. And they'd be like, yeah, I really want to use that. You know, put me on the wait list. So that's what you want out of an MVP. You don't want something with a full-fledged you know, feature list that's actually super useful for people. And we had to realize that, hey, we're not building an MVP, actually. This is a full-fledged product at this point, and we need to move forward under the guise of we have a product, we need to develop this product, and we need to get it out into the hands of users without the, the understanding that this is like a prototype. So that's something we learned this week. And one of the things we also learned is with all these bug fixes that were causing other features to get messed up is we need to do more regression testing. So we're actually going to hire another developer. Um, and again, this is all in India, and if you don't know this already when you hire developers in india it is a it's not just a fraction of the cost of an american dev it is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction so we're paying interns essentially like university students and shivanch is a university student right our our lead dev on the team Um, but we're paying them like 150 to 250 dollars a month to develop and write code that's pretty serious and pretty in in depth and so when we go to hire another de- developer, like we're not spending a ton of money to do this. It's still really short money. Um, so I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression that we're really like biting off more than we could chew in the very early stages of the company. This is peanuts when we talk about cost. 
Um, but we're going to hire another de developer to do dedicated QA testing so that we have a regression testing pathway. We're clicking all the buttons and making sure everything works because you really have to do that. Like I said, your, your users are not your QA team. You really need to be able to do that QA stuff yourself. So you put out at least something stable, even if it's not useful. Of course, useful and stable is the most important thing. Um, but it, you want something at least stable so people trust you. And then the other thing we learned is we got to keep John, which is myself, away from the tech stuff um, or have him learn it on a deeper level. I don't know. The guy's all over the place. We can't keep track of him. Um, you know, I've been pretty hands off with the tech stuff this whole time. Right. There were moments where I was like, hey, Siobhan's like, show me how to do some of the database backend stuff so I can like, I don't know, play around with it or do something important. But really, I should probably just stay away and just <laughs> learn my role. Um, so, yeah, let's let's have me not screw around with the name servers anymore because I'm just going to screw it up again. So what's next? What's next for us? What's next for next week? Um, we're onboarding people. Again, if you if you listen to this, um, even if you're on right now. Um, Charlie, or if anybody else wants to jump on, the only reason I didn't mention Laura, by the way, is because Laura's already on. Um, if you want an invite code for Fidio and you want to get a free workout program, hit me up. Like, shoot me a DM on Colin, shoot me a DM on Twitter at John Williams XYZ, and I will send you an invite code. We're going to be sort of slowly in a tiered process, uh, sending out more and more throughout the next week and the week after that. Um, but I have a, a list of email subscribers on our video website of about 80 people that we're just sort of on, in a tiered system releasing um, out into the hands of users, video and all of its glory. Right now, we sent out 20 invites. So we're just getting our first initial trainers on there to build programs and then some people to feel out the workout situation and some you know friends that want an invite code. Um, we also have to build out the admin panel to get operations in place for the marketplace. So that's another thing that we're going to use that new dev for. And then on top of that, we need to put programs in the marketplace to sell. So that's going to be one thing we do. So my programs that I've built are going to go into the marketplace as well as some that we're building through the video account. And hopefully we can get some initial revenue um, because what we're going to do at the end of this week is have another app store release, not as like an official release, but just so that because we're already in the app store, just so that when people go and randomly download it, um, we don't give them something really crappy, especially because we've made so much progress. And, you know, if we make a few random sales from that whole process, then cool. Like, you know, if a few people buy programs um, without us really having to prompt them to, um, you know, that would be that would be a good proof of interest. It'd be a good proof of traction and be a little bit of money in our pockets. So that'd be really cool. Uh, funny story about people downloading video in the App Store already is somebody already created. Somebody already created we are, we've been in the App Store for like three weeks. Somebody already created the Mike Hunt username. Somebody's already at Mike Hunt. Um, and if you don't know what Mike Hunt is, uh, you should go figure it out. Just say it faster, I guess would be the better point. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for the video update. Um, it's been super fun. This is crazy exciting. And oh, one thing I did want to talk about is like why you decide to put your product in the hands of users. Stability. If you have if you have features and it's stable, you put it out in the hands of users. There's not really much more to say there, um, but I did want to mention that point at some point. But at least that's our take on it, right? Many people made different calls on putting their product in the hands of users, but that's been our you know guiding uh, guiding purpose. So yeah, we're into the hands of users now. We got a few people on the platform trying it out. 
don't have a ton of feedback because it's literally been 28 hours. Um, but we'll keep, uh, you know, we'll keep putting it out to more people, giving it to more people, get some more feedback. And yeah, um, that's it. Video update, 10-5-2021. And uh, I'll catch you guys next week for the next one. Thanks. Bye.